0: This is a Rooster Teeth production.
1: doesn't have
2: a name on it. It's
1: our... Oh, wait. Hold on. <laughs> RTX Laptop. That's ours.
0: That's us recording. Okay. Open oh, up audition. Yeah. yeah,
3: open it up. No. No. <laughs> no.
0: <laughs> so... Wait, I, Jeff, you have to start the podcast.
1: I don't start. It usually starts with Gus talking in the middle. Yeah. So, um, uh, Good I, morning, I, Gus. Thank you. <laughs> it's one just that morning. Somewhere. I, I guess. Um, so, uh, I, was, I, was, I was asking Eric just a little while ago about where this coffee came from. You got this coffee here, right, Eric? Yeah, I got it downstairs at, I think it's called Fat, 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 Fat Bat. Bat. Yeah, Fat Bat Fat Coffee. Donuts. Fat Bat Donuts. Yes. Um, and I I, I I don't know if you know this, but I don't know about fat bats specifically. Sorry. I'm just going to look on that. Let me see. Lots of times at con- facts. convention centers. Are there bat facts on there? There are bat facts on there. Can you give yeah. me a bat oh. fact? Did you guys know that Austin is
3: home to 1.5 million Mexican life retail bats? What's look at me? <laughs> <laughs> These are your bats. They're your people. <laughs> well,
1: we're in. Mexico. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know.
3: Uh, on their nightly flights, these bats eat from ten thousand to twenty thousand pounds of insects. So slightly Each? yeah, tiny total. So slightly more than you.
1: Oh, okay. uh, I only eat seven spiders a year. I'm trying to cut back. Um, I, I was commenting that lots of times. Uh, this isn't unique to the Austin Convention Center. Lots of times at convention centers or event spaces, when places need to make lots of coffee, uh, it's fake coffee. Yeah, it's not an actual coffee. Um, wh- and then the, the, the reason I found this out is normally, that uh, one makes me very nervous in recording it, because whenever I drink coffee, it makes me need to take poop. Uh, this has been well established for years. So I'm always nervous when I have to stop a recording and I have to go uh, poop partway through. Uh, fake coffee doesn't make me do that.
0: Uh, you keep saying fake coffee.
1: What is that? What does that mean? It's a syrup that they transport and they add hot water to and they just keep it heated and it tastes like coffee. And you think it's coffee, but it's not really, like, coffee in the sense you think of it. You know what it sounds like? It sounds like Basel. <laughs>
2: <laughs> is
0: that why, it, like, it give, when I drink this coffee, I'm drinking this coffee before the show, it, like, convention center coffee, like, gives me a headache.
1: Yeah, that's probably it. Yeah. You, you just never realize that it's it's just some syrup or something. What the fuck? Also,
3: doesn't
1: super taste like
3: coffee. This is incredible. It's I mean, coffee adjacent. It? Yeah. Yeah. It definitely tastes coffee It's
0: coffee-esque. I didn't put anything in these iced coffees. They're very sweet. Yeah, they are. That
3: and
0: That's
1: just sort of like, that tastes like swill. Yeah, it's not. But uh, I think I think I discovered that at San Diego Comic-Con when you, you know, we talked about Comic-Con in past huh. episodes. Uh, just having spent so much time going to conventions, you learn all these weird little things. And uh, one of them is that lots of time unless you see them actually grind the beans in front of you and uh, and brew it, it's probably um, some syrup that had hot water added to it. It's so, You've been lying to
0: us for
3: 19 years, guys.
0: You guys said before we got started, when you went to the wrong room and they came to the right room, that...
1: um, We were behind that door. Okay, so when you went to the wrong room... When we did the black box down panel in this room, that's the door I came in. Uh Uh-huh. I mean, it's not the right, it's fine, it's wrong, it doesn't
0: matter. Uh, So, (laughs) you guys said that
1: you were sharing
0: E3 stories? Is that what you were talking about?
1: Yeah, we were talking about E3. I don't even know why we were talking so, about E3. I remember, because I was like, I need
3: to... I, we always say we're going to talk about stuff, and then I immediately forget, so I tried to hold on to these. We were talking about some E3 stories. We talked about uh, a post-production house in L.A. that we used to go to a lot, <laughs> oh, which is a whole
1: episode. Uh,
3: and then well, there was one other thing that we were going to cover. Uh, we were
1: talking about the condos over here.
3: We were going to talk about the condos. I think this was wrong oh, I also other. talked
1: about... I wanted to talk about... An RTX story. About. Oh yeah, you were gonna tell a crazy RTX story. I didn't know. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know if we're gonna approach those in any particular order. Uh, Start what, with E3. So thank you. Eric. <laughs> you're, you're producing. Uh, we were talking about E3 back. You know, we we started. I think the first E3 we went to was 2001, if I remember correctly. Yeah. And yeah. we went to pre oh, pre rooster teeth. Yeah, we went to E3 for years. I mean, probably 10 years. So we went to all of them. And back then, 2001, 2002. Uh, when we go to those E3s, again, pre-Rooster Teeth, they were the craziest spectacles of wasted money that you can imagine. Uh, one year we were there, it might have been 2001, we well, first of all, it was the first time we were able to play Halo because they handed out uh, the Xbox, but this is the whole reason we wanted to go to E3. Um, we saw a skateboarding demo that was being put on by a ten year old boy and Tony Hawk. <laughs> I was telling Gus, I think that ten year old kid was like Ryan Sheckler, or I mean, it was somebody who <laughs> ended up
3: being incredibly famous as a skater. Yeah, he was crying because he couldn't nail it. He kept guy. fucking crying and his mom had to like comfort him and hug him on the outer. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And I felt bad for him because like it's a ten year old kid, he's trying to do these tricks and uh, like trying to entertain all these people and uh uh, you know, obviously it wasn't working, it was a lot of stress, and then Tony Hawk came out and did a 720 or something. <laughs> uh, the, the, the kid cried more. Oh, yeah, and then we were like, well, that was weird, and then we left that booth, walked, like, 50 feet down across the aisle to another booth, and there were just, like, UFC fighters sitting there signing autographs. Like, I remember it was Frank Shamrock, uh, I remember Tito Ortiz. Tito Ortiz, and... Um, Frank, Liddell, Frank name? Chuck Liddell. Chuck Liddell. Chuck Liddell, Chuck Liddell. And I remember that because Frank Shamrock would not sign an autograph. Bernie wanted uh, him to sign an autograph to Dan Godwin that said, Dear Dan, how does my foot taste? <laughs> and Frank Shamrock refused to write it on the, really? on the autograph. Yeah. yeah, he didn't have a sense of humor. And uh, yeah, it was just like all these weird spectacles that. Who knows, I don't, I, who, I'm sure there was a fighting game, I'm sure there was a skateboarding game, who knows what they were promoting. At the it was time probably Tony Fox. Hawk. It was yeah. probably a Tony Hawk game, yeah. yeah. Back then.
3: Yeah, it was like an embarrassment of, like, it was, it was like video game companies would
1: try to see see if they could outspend each other mm-hmm. at E3. It was some sort of badger moment, Yeah, I guess. Or they tried to drum up whatever dumb controversy, like when EA hired those fake protesters to stand out across the street to protest Dante's Inferno. Ohhh. <sighs> Yeah, remember that? Like, uh, they had like all the signs about you're going to hell. And it's like oh, yeah, you just paid those people to stand out there with signs. That's where, um, yeah. That's where we met. Uh, That's not where we met. No, no, no. That's where we met our web developers for the first time, who made the receipt website back then. Yeah. Uh, we uh, met up with them because they were based out of uh, Southern California. I think they were from Costa Mesa. I want to say. Woo, woo. Yeah. And uh, they had driven up to meet with us, and we found a coffee shop like three blocks away from. The Crypto.com Arena. Uh, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and uh, we had a, a coffee with them and uh, talked about the website, what we wanted to make. Have we talked
3: about that on this show yet? No. Uh, yeah, we, so the Rooster community site actually predates, well, YouTube for sure, but I think it's launched right around the same time as Facebook, I don't know if we predate Facebook, I it's think they have us. Similar, I yeah. think they have us by like a year. But, I don't uh, think it's even that long, it's close. But yeah, so we had the idea to create a community site we kind of stole it from Broken Lizard. Yeah. Like, Broken Lizard had this really cool. It was back, like, not until for Starship Troopers came out. Or and...
1: Super Troopers.
3: What did I say, Starship Troopers? Yeah, <laughs> different movie. Super Troopers. <laughs> uh, or maybe Camp Dread. Club Dread. You're really close to getting <laughs> That's why I like having your own. <laughs> uh, and we saw this, it was this very clever website, and it was kind of everything that we had been kicking around our heads. Yeah. So we just like hit the about and found out who they made it. And scroll to the bottom yeah. of the page.
1: And, uh, and contacted them, yeah. And that's how Rootspeed got a community site. Yeah, we were like, hey, we love that. work can you do something similar for us? And they were like, yeah. And we met about at a coffee shop. And they were like 12 years old. Facebook swooped in and stole our thunder. But yeah, we spent a lot of time. In LA, um, not only for E3, but you know, over the years working on commercials or doing you know various projects, working you know collaborating with video game companies out there. I, I this is this is not something we talked about talking about on this podcast, but uh, I was out there once working on a commercial for Call of Duty: World at War, and um, like we were, it's one of those things, when you work on these TV commercials for video games. Like, uh, you'll, you'll uh, shoot a bunch of stuff, you'll you know, put together an edit, you send it off to the client, and they send it to the game company. Like, you end up having to wait like a day for notes to see what you need to refilm or redo. So there's like, a lot of work and then a lot of downtime. And I remember um, they had assigned us one of the employees who was working on uh, World of War, I think it was like, the lead scripter, to work with us. And working with us was his punishment, because <laughs> he had put in notice that he was leaving and he was gonna go work at a different video game company. So they were like, "Okay, cool. You're gonna spend two weeks with these guys making a TV commercial." Wow. And uh, we had sent off a cut to the client, and we were just like sitting around. And uh, this dude turns to me. His name was Mike. Mike turns to me, goes, uh, "Hey, you want to play something cool?" I was like, "Yeah, sure." Because we have this this feature. We're not sure if it's gonna make it into the final version of the game, but you know, won't, you know why don't you play it and check it out? And it was Call of Duty Zombies. And like it had never been released, like it was the this was the first game that it had come out in, and he was like, "Yeah, just like internally we are playing it, we think it's a lot of fun. We don't know if it's gonna make it in the final version of the game." And then the rest of that trip was just me trying to finish the commercial work as fast as possible uh, to play zombies with Mike. Is Uh, that for real? Yeah, I've never
0: heard. That's insane. So like I was
1: like one of the first non developers uh, on that game to have played uh, the Call of Duty Zombies.
3: That's wild. Uh, another addendum to that story is a few months later uh, we got to do the, com- like a ch- I want to say it was Achievement Hunter work or more commercial work in Office and they shipped us early builds of the game yeah. that had uh, fully fleshed out zombies and I remember like for like two weeks straight every Friday night like me, you, Bernie and I want to say Joel would stay late and just play Zombies for like two, three hours. It was so much fun. And like just, just like
1: Feeling like the luckiest people in the world because nobody knew this was a thing, yeah. and we were getting to play it early. And I remember on that same trip, uh, there was another one of those down times. Um, we were sitting there, and again, it was like I was working with this lead script who would be punished uh, by working with us. And uh, like I don't know why I asked him, I was like, I just tried to go. Do you all have like? Do you ever make like a level that's just like a green screen? And he was like, oh, What do you mean? Like, can you make like a level that's just a green floor and green walls, and we can spawn whatever weapons in we want? He was like, oh, I mean, we don't have anything like that, but sure, I don't see why not. Uh, and then he made that, and then we turned around to the ad agency and was like, hey, you want you want print ads done? We can, <laughs> we can we can we can isolate characters, we can isolate models, we can isolate weapons, and like for whatever print media campaigns you're doing, we like doubled our, our contract with them. Uh, uh doing better. There was a, a period of a couple of years.
3: It was a lot, you know, we didn't talk about it a lot at the time, but we were in this sweet spot where we were a full fully fledged production facility. That understood how to film video games when video games were becoming uh, the most important and successful entertainment entertainment medium in the world, and everyone wanted a piece of video games. Advertising agencies, everyone, but nobody knew what the fuck to do with them. And so we got so much business just because we knew we had already figured out with Red versus Blue
1: and The Strangerhood how to film. Well, don't Ah. <laughs> the way that I'll started is one day we were working down at the Buta office and the phone rang and I answered it. And I was like, you know, Roostery, this is Gus. And the voice on the other end of the phone said, Hey, are, are you the guys who get paid to play video games? And I said, yeah. <laughs> and it, was, it was someone from White and Kennedy, which is like a huge ad agency up in Portland. They did Nike and Starbucks and, and, us. and Coke and Coke, yeah. Yeah, so they were calling us and they were like, "Yeah, can you help us make video game commercials?" What the fuck? And they we're like, "Yeah, cool, let's do it." <laughs> it's like just a random phone call one
3: day, and we did for years until we got fired by them.
1: They were pressured to fire us. Yeah, I would say we we got fired. We,
3: yeah, they, I, I I don't think they wanted to fire us.
1: Uh well, they, they still to or well, yeah. they we yeah. <laughs> so we, we had this isn't being recorded, right? <laughs> a, we had a great relationship. We worked with them constantly. We had to make a uh a commercial for a Madden game, and I remember it was I don't remember what year it might have been Madden 07. And uh It was the Reggie Bush year, I remember that. Yes, and it was the, the first time they were gonna have the PS3 had just come out and It was the first Madden on the PS3, and it had this new feature where you could like gang-tackle someone, like one person could start a tackle and like another player would come and finish the tackle, and we made this commercial, and in the commercial, incident, like it didn't, there was no script for who it happens to, but it just so happened we filmed this great angle of Dallas Clark getting tackled, Mm -hmm. uh, like gang-tackled by a couple of players, and that made it to the final. (laughs) <laughs> it made it to the final version, so this commercial's playing on TV, and then in an interview after a game one time, Dallas Clark talks about how there's this commercial on TV that his mom called him and said it looked like he was getting murdered on television. Oh my
2: God.
3: <laughs> it's, like,
1: it's like, somebody said, like, hey, have you seen that new Madden commercial you're in? And he goes, I
3: haven't seen it, but my mom did. She called me and she said, I saw you die on TV. <laughs> and I was
1: like, what the hell is that?
0: Why would you have to get fired for
1: that? Well, no, so, we wanted to apologize to him. So we made a video that was like a highlight reel of Dallas Clark being the best player in the world. Like, in he like, was quarterback, throwing to himself. We've
3: recreated, <laughs> we recreated
1: that, that commercial
3: again. Uh. Uh, but the person that tackled Dallas Clark ended up being Dallas Clark. Because he was the only person that could tackle himself. And so the whole, it just kept escalating in lunacy and where Dallas Clark was
1: the every player on the team. On so, both teams. I don't know if it was him that got mad, or the NFL Players Association that got mad, or if it was the NFL that got mad. I do know the answer. But do you? One of them got mad and we had to get fired because of it. We put that video out on, a, I want to say it was like a
3: Monday, at like 10 in the morning. We thought, ah, oh, this is funny, it takes like 45 minutes to make it. We threw it up. And, uh... I would say that let's say it went up at noon. At like two, we got a call from Sports Illustrated that was that hey, we want to interview you about this commercial. We're like, that's fucking awesome. No, oh! that interview never happened because by two thirty, we got a call from the ad agency who said the NFL Players Association is up our ass. What did you do? And then we said we made a funny video and they were take it down. That was it, it was the NFL Players Association. You can't take anything
1: down from the internet, you know, yeah. once you put it up there, that's, it's out there.
0: That's insane.
1: Uh, but and years <laughs> of business went away. Yes. <laughs> all of those commercials, it's weird, like, you watch those sports commercials, and it's such a pain in the ass to make those commercials, because um, of, like, agreements between players yeah. and, like, the Players Association. I remember, like, we worked on this one hockey commercial, and they were like, you have to have at least three players on the screen at any time you can't focus on any one and you have to have at least one shot that has seven players on the screen at once. It's like all these weird bullet point rules that if you are watching the commercial you don't know, you don't care, but it's part of like these contract agreements and how all that stuff comes together and it's such a pain to navigate all of that stuff. Uh, do you remember
3: we were doing, it was one of the last ones I worked on, I ended up not doing any work, so I almost got in a fist fight with one of the guys at the ad agency. I don't know if you remember that oh, yeah, over Stan Van Gundy. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I'll tell you the story in a second. Uh, I'll tell you now. So, <laughs> so we were filming this NBA commercial, uh, and it and uh, in it, Stan Van Gundy was coaching, yeah. and the guy was like, and it, it's just like a fucking sprite on the side of uh, on the side of the court, right? That just fucking moves back and forth like this, and has three expressions, you know. Yeah. You know, And uh, and we make this whole commercial, and the guy keeps hammering me, he's like, I just don't, I'm not feeling the emotion in Van Dundee's face. And I'm like, I don't, I'm not either, you know? What, what are you going to do? It's a video game. And he's like, just can you film it? And he kept having me reshoot it, reshoot it. And I'm like, I keep trying to tell him, I'll shoot it at any fucking angle, at any FPS you want. It's not going to change the fact that the guy doesn't move. He's a fucking, you know, he's a robot. He has, there's no articulation. And he just kept getting on my fucking nerves. And finally, he's still like... I didn't like him already because he like, he would carry a notebook around with him and he would create fonts for fun. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, and he would just like design fonts.
2: What the oh, like,
3: fuck? What Oh, it's a stand,
2: Yeah, and uh,
3: and eventually I was like, listen, it's your money. I will t- I will shoot Stan Van Gundy for the next three fucking weeks if you want me to, but I will not get you a better shot than it is right now. And then like he got a little heated and I had to leave and then I stop doing the commercials after that. Not totally after that, but what I was gonna say is. We, after that shoot, we did one we did an entire fucking commercial about Tony Parker. Yes. And then they came through and said, NBA Players Association said you can't use Tony Parker if they changed it, so just sub them out for another player. And <laughs> it's like, that's not
1: how it works. You have to, shoot, you have to reshoot the entire thing.
3: It's have to like, like, shoot the entire thing. Two work, yeah. down the toilet, redo it. And I think I left, and then I think Joel came and
1: replaced me for like a week, and then I he left, and then you were there the entire time. I was alone in Venice, California for six months. Fucking
2: weeks
1: (laughs) shooting NBA commercials. Uh, It was it sucked. It was like all day. It was like 18-hour days for six weeks. But uh, on the bright side, uh, I was shooting uh, at Prolog, which is an amazing company, and everyone who worked at Prolog was great. Uh, They do like every cool title sequence you've ever seen in a movie. Prolog made the cool Marvel ones. They're like. with all the, that's all them. Yeah, it's all Kyle Cooper. Like a Day of the Dead or Dawn of the Dead. Yeah, Metal Gear Solid 3 intro. Like any cool video game or movie intro that you've seen, Prologue made it. So I was like, this sucks. I really hate my life, but I'm working at Prologue and that's really fucking cool.
3: Do you also remember that we were on a crunch night and things were going really rough and we were trying to get a bunch of stuff done and the two dudes that were the ad agency guys that were our liaisons... Were like, hey, we'll be right back, and then they left and went to an LA Galaxy game. <laughs> yeah, uh,
1: uh, right back. Their idea of right back was like six hours. Yeah, it was, it was uh, uh, Beckham had just started playing for the right, Galaxy, right, right, yeah. right. and he was like, they were like, oh, yeah, we have to go watch David. Beckham. We have to.
3: Oh, I thought shit. they were getting coffee, I
1: thought they're gonna be back in like 15 minutes. <laughs> no, they were just gone, and we had questions we needed answered. We had, uh, yeah, because yeah, they because they were the ad agency people, so it was like they left, they're the ones giving the guidance. It was us and prologue. And you know we're just doing what they say, so it's like we're you know us and Prolog looking at each other like, do you know what to do? No, they're not here to tell us what to do. So it's like we just try start trying to make stuff and hope that it's what they want. Um, but that wasn't the only place we worked. We worked at you know a bunch of different you know either game developers, um, you know editing houses, different studios. It was always somewhere different you had to go work and there was one place it's not prologue not any place we've mentioned already want to be really clear it's It's, not prologue it's not them this is a different
0: place that we're not
1: naming a different place that we're not naming. it was a very cool place they had employees on staff they have two employees on staff whose sole job was to get people drunk
3: it wasn't their sole job. Uh, they also got snacks and stuff, and they went, they managed the playlist. Like there was like a constant DJ thing going on at work all the time, and they were managing the playlist as well. But yeah, if you needed drugs, they were the, they would like, they would like you know. They're like any drugs you not, like as our job.
1: I'm good. I'm just here to yeah, work. I just need to get this done. Uh, but they also um, and they also if if you if you know they would have. After hours, they would have like mixers with like the clients and the people who work. Yeah, there. like wine and cheese hour right. kind of thing. And, you know, they couldn't drink unless the client asked them three times to drink. They had to say no twice, then the third time they could drink. So it'd be like, are you you're going to get something to drink? Nah. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm sure. Ask me one more time. What? <laughs> Trust me, you just have, to ask, me just one more have time. to ask me one more time. Are you sure you don't want a glass of wine? Okay. <laughs> and then
3: they explain it. They're like, "Yeah, we're not uh, we're not allowed to drink unless you ask us three times, and then we can drink all night with you." But These are an insane notes.
0: set of rules for people who are required to get you
3: drugs.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, did, and
0: by the way, can I?
3: I would like to reiterate. Gus and I did not take
1: them up on the drugs portion.
0: I mean, if you say so, that's fine.
1: I mean, I, <laughs> I mean, I can't speak for Gus. I, 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 <laughs> I, was, I, was, uh, I was big into the, the wine. I was big into the, the drinking. Uh, not so much not so much the drugs. I just oh. remember we played a lot of Call of Duty there. I remember they had a big TV set up. We what, did. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, crazy. But that's not Austin related. I'm no. Sorry. We had we had Austin stories we wanted to tell, too. We've been going for 20 minutes. Right? Yeah,
0: 20 did, minutes. Do we, have, do we have Austin stories? We're yeah, it's
1: a place right uh, over here. Condos and Crazy RTX story. Okay. So there's, uh, I don't know. How to, how many of you are from Austin? Uh, okay. Good math, math, math. How many math, 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 of you fun. are born and raised from Austin? Jack's not here. <laughs> there's <laughs> a few of you. There, there's some condos, I don't know if you've seen them, it's like if you come out on the 4th Street side and just like cross uh, Trinity over here, uh, like on the south side across from the hotel, there's like some pink condos over here. Yeah. And called Rail, Railroad Commons or something like that? That's what they, uh, they used to be pink, they used to be called Railroad Commons, I don't know Yeah. actually if they're yeah, pink or if uh, that's what they're called anymore. But years ago, back in the late '90s, you looked at buying one of those. You thought it would be really cool to live downtown, uh, and uh, it was just way too expensive. They were asking way too much money. It was a ridiculous amount of money that they wanted for Six, one like of those Like Sixty-one
0: thousand?
3: No, it was more than that. It was. Uh, I, I, I bought my first house in Austin for ninety-two thousand five hundred dollars. Right over on the east side. Uh, you can't. You can't buy a driveway for that, Austin. <laughs> uh, and I, it was between the house that I could afford and my pie-in-the-sky dream one-bedroom, two-bedroom condo, actually, at there. Uh, but it was $130,000, and I thought, well, that's ridiculous. Yeah, I'm not a millionaire. Uh, now the idea of buying a condo in downtown Austin for $130,000 is like I should have sold more blood or uh, a car.
1: I should I got? I I could have retired off that condo. Yeah, at this point, it's just ridiculous how much real estate prices have uh, have increased. I'm having trouble with my next step. It's it's not working. It's 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 starting to do that. Do you want to trade or? I just want to complain. <laughs> um, Welcome to the
0: podcast.
1: <laughs> <laughs> i I'm yes. work. I'll just keep. I'll just keep it this way, and uh, and keep talking. Um, yeah. I, by the time when I uh, back when was it in '04, I lived for a while. You remember? I lived in an apartment over off of Enfield, uh, just east of Mobile. That was the Grudge apartment. <laughs> that was the Grudge apartment. It looked like the attic from uh, Duan the Grudge. Uh, hey, I, would, I would have to watch his cat when you go out of town, it was fucking, I'd have to go in the daytime, it was so creepy. But uh, when I eventually moved out of there in 07, yeah it was 07, uh, it was a real small apartment complex, I think there were only like 10 or 15 units there, it was a one bedroom apartment with a loft, and when I moved out, the owner was like, do you just want to buy this unit, I'll sell it to you like a condo, I was like, how much, and he was like $140,000, I was like. Yeah, I can't swing that. Uh, I don't have that kind of money. God, I can't imagine that place probably a million dollars. That place is probably. Is now. <laughs> it's like between Terrytown and Clarksville. Oh, fuck. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that is the correct uh, reaction. <laughs> yeah, it's fucking. It's nice to be nice over there. And not uh, that it was a great apartment or anything. It was really old and dated on the inside. But still, to own that place for one hundred forty thousand dollars would have been really nice. You probably don't want to tell these stories, but if you ever want to talk about
3: uh, all of your dating problems while you were staying in that place, I got tons of stories. (laughs) (laughs) Let's let's
1: avoid that for now. Maybe in a future episode. i am writing it down,
0: don't worry.
1: (laughs) Good times. I was going to go somewhere, you totally sidetracked me. uh, Over there, and feel, whatever. Uh, So, you know, we've been doing RTX for. This is our 12th one in Austin. We started in 2011, you know, as a field down in South Austin. I don't really think it's a field anymore. There's a building in there. Oh, are you serious? I think so. Because the, the reason we had it in that field back in 2011, off of Slaughter, it was off of Rabbi by but Rabbi Slaughter. The reason we had it in that field, I don't know if you remember this, the person who owned the field was the person we bought that building from. Yes. So we knew his contact info. So we just asked him, hey, you know, we need to have an event. Can we do it in your field? And he was like, "Sure, we just had to like mow it, and because it was like really overgrown, it was like a whole process to get it ready to have a bunch of people there, um, and that was a nightmare." Hold it, real fast. Raise your hand if you
3: were in that field, because I know at least two people were. Yeah, yeah the, the twins. Dang. Yeah. Well,
1: Thanks for sticking around. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um It was a. Uh, it was hot. That was 2011, which has gone on record as being one of the hottest summers ever in Austin because it was like it was in late May and we thought late May we'll be fine it'll be like high 80s maybe mm-hmm. mid 80s we'll just put water out it was like 100 degrees it was miserable Did
0: the summer that we're having now is that starting to broach on what that summer was yeah.
1: yeah this June was hotter than June 2011 okay uh so yeah this is gearing up to be the hottest summer uh, I think it's, it's the hottest, fastest ever
0: yeah, so far. Yeah, and it, this was like the nicest weekend. This was like the reprieve from like the heat, where it yeah. was one hundred
1: and four every day, and then they're like RTX weekend, ninety eight
0: degrees. And we're like, oh. <laughs> uh,
1: but we moved to the convention center in twenty twelve, and I remember when you know uh, I, that's when I was uh, one of the people organizing the event, and you know the only, the reason we had RTX July fourth was. July Fourth was the only weekend when there wasn't an event at the convention center because it's so hot. And you know, no, you know, different world. People didn't want to come to Austin in the summer because it was it was too hot. And I asked them at the time. I was like, you know, what do you do? Like, do you you like keep the AC on all day? Do you turn it off at night? They're like, no. It's more energy efficient and more cost effective if we just leave the AC running twenty four hours a day. At like, I don't remember what the you know seventy two degrees or something. I was like, cool. Can you put that in the contract? And they're like. (sighs) No, what are you talking about? We just do that. It's like, no, but I want to say I negotiated with you to keep this convention standard 72 degrees 24 hours a day. And when people say it's too hot, I can say, no, 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 look, I guarantee you it's not going to be. It was, like, it was like I was manufacturing a talking point. <laughs> you know, you were,
3: you were being magnanimous earlier when you said you were one of the people uh, that helped schedule it, uh, but. And, you know, there have been a lot of talented people in, in Rooster Teeth who have shepherded our events department. Uh, obviously, we had Bethany for a long time, yeah. and then uh, she died. And now we have uh, <laughs> is totally alive and doing an amazing job. Uh, but before all of that, there was Gus. And, Bar- and Barbara. And Barbara. And Barbara, and Barbara. Barbara yeah. But, like, you created RTX. Yeah, was. And this is it. like This is here because of you and all of the work that you uh, put into it in those early days. This was your, uh, this was one of, of my your well, yeah, but we all have like. We all have like- <laughs> Mine was the story. Yours was events yeah. and and broadcast and a lot of other things we've yeah. done over the years. But uh, I just don't think enough credit is is given to you for. I, I
1: agree. agree. Not enough credit is given to me. <laughs> so I'm
3: really glad to hear it. Uh, for- Thank you. <inaudible> uh,
1: an enormous source of stress thank you i appreciate that <laughs> and, uh, and, like sleepless nights like to the point where i would be so stressed i couldn't sleep Then when i finally did sleep i would like wake up at 4 30 in the morning and be like i gotta write something down like i, I would have yeah. to keep pen and paper by my bed be like things that i need to do uh when the sun comes up but uh you know i i, I helped plan it for a few years and one of the most stressful events i think it was back in 2015 when uh, we had to evacuate the convention center in, in the middle of uh, of RTX. This is the story he told me I didn't know. Yeah, and I think lots of people don't know the real story behind that. I think the official story we had told everyone was that someone pulled a fire alarm, which is bullshit. Uh, <laughs> uh, what really happened was, so I was on the show floor, since I was the one of the planners, I had a walkie-talkie, and I got uh, summoned by convention center security, and we sat down in a room, and they were like, listen, We have this ongoing threat. Uh initially someone called earlier today, they said they hidden a bomb in the convention center and they're gonna detonate it, and they said if if you look back on the news in twenty fifteen, there was a group of people who would extort events. Mm -hmm. They would call in fake bomb threats and then try to get the the events to pay them like thirty or forty thousand dollars to quote unquote disarm the bomb. Uh, but there was never anything. There was never any wrong. So, you know, they say, you know, we think this, this is all bullshit. We think it's this group. This is what they do. They just call in fake threats and try to get money. But out of an abundance of caution, just to be safe, we're going to go and evacuate the convention center anyway, because we would hate to be wrong about this. So they're like, okay. And uh, they said, you know, we're going we're gonna to evacuate the convention center in about two minutes. Okay, great. So it's like, I need to call Barbara, because Barbara was, um, you know, co directing at the time. So I, and I walk out of the, the meeting with security. I pick up my phone. And I called Barbara. I'm like, hey, Barbara, uh, don't panic, but (laughs) we need to evacuate the convention center. And right as I said that, all the alarms started going off. (laughs) And I said, it's okay, um, just get everyone out. (laughs) So then we hung up and then I had to like walk around and like Get everyone out and I remember like the, the convention the, the show floor itself was pretty empty but I saw like these two dudes with weekend passes walking around walking towards like the north from the south end of the convention center to the north end on the show floor I was like what are you doing get out get, you know I started pointing to the Trinity X like go out like but our hotel's that way Like, just get the fuck out! Here. <laughs> I came up here, I came up actually through this room with security, we cleared everyone out, there's like emergency exits back here, we we made sure everyone was out through the exits back there, to clear around, make sure the whole building was empty, and uh, like had to just sit around knowing we couldn't do anything. Uh, Eventually like the FBI got involved and um, all those people got arrested, Uh, they found them, they were... Overseer in another country, but the FBI coordinated with the other countries. You, you referred to them as an international crime it was an international crime ring <laughs> <laughs> that was calling in fake bomb threats to events all around the country that summer. And uh, you, you all were part of history. <laughs> if you were here <laughs> at RTX 2015. Jesus Christ, that's a heavy
3: story. Uh,
1: that's not the first time we've
3: had people investigated by the FBI. Uh, yes. do, you, do you remember we did a, I want to say it was the second San Diego Comic Con we did, so maybe 2004. Oh, yeah. Somebody came up to us. You know, we're selling uh, probably season one and season two DVDs at this point of Red vs. Blue and some T-shirts. And that's about it, right? It's pretty early on in the company. And uh, probably the first year we sat next to Mega 64, actually. uh, And... People kept coming up to us with these red versus blue DVDs that we didn't recognize. Right. And we had at that point made every red versus blue DVD. Uh, and I and I like I mentioned it to Matt or something. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know, that was weird. I don't know if maybe the distributor had like a different cover or something. Or and he's like, no, no, no that doesn't make any sense. And so the next one came through, I, I got it, I showed it to Matt, I'm like, yeah, this is what I'm talking about. And we're like signing, and he, he looks at the kid and he's like, Where did you, where'd you get? Where did you buy this DVD from? And the kid goes, Oh, over like Final five miles over. Fiber, yeah, five miles that way. And Matt goes, what? "This is a bootleg." And the kid goes, "Really? I'm sorry." And Matt goes, "Like, hold on. First off, here's a real DVD. I'll sign that. And give me the real one. And then, can you show me where you got this bootleg?" And so the kid walked Matt over, and I followed behind. Like, <laughs> and now went up to these dudes. and They just had a ton. I remember their name. I'm not going to say it. They had a. You can t- say it. I want to. Electric eye. Electric eye. Uh, they had a ton of DVDs, like bootleg DVDs, on the on table in a 10 by 10 booth and then they had a couple of other locations around comic-con and that went up to him and, and he grabbed their red versus blue dvds and he's like where'd you get these and the guy's like i don't know what you're talking about and he's like these are fucking bootleg these are these i made the show these you, these are not real and the guy's like i don't know what you're talking about and that's like okay first off you're not going to sell these anymore and The guy's like i'll do whatever i want and that goes you're not selling these and he took the red versus blue dvds and he's like these are fucking mine you're not selling these anymore <laughs> And uh, and the guy goes, You can't do that. And Matt goes, I'll do whatever the fuck I want to. You're selling my bootleg DVDs. And Matt and the guy got into it, and Matt took his fucking table and flipped it over. <laughs> By the way, don't ever one, one of the sweetest guys you've ever seen in your entire life, but don't piss off Matt Hole. He does not fuck around. Matt literally flipped his table, DVDs were flying everywhere, and Matt goes, I'm paraphrasing because I don't remember specifically, but I'm pretty sure he told him if he made if he did it again, he'd kill him, or something like that, <laughs> right? Allegedly. Uh, uh, and then walked right over to the security officer. Uh, sorry, I have the Invisalign, and I'm still getting uh, used to it, so it's making me slower. I okay? uh, went over to a security officer and uh, was like, pointed him out was like, these guys are selling bootleg DVDs, and then they were gone from the convention, and then a week
1: later, we found out the FBI rated them. Yeah, so I've read it in the ah! yeah, but, so if you if you Google the name of the company, you'll see like when they got arrested back in 2004, I think. Yeah, it was a cool
2: day. <laughs> do you, it was do cool, you, watch that uh, whole
0: be badass.
1: <laughs> do you like your Invisalign? So far, so good. I yeah. thought you're not supposed to drink coffee. When you no, this isn't
0: camera. coffee, Gus. You okay. see, this is a syrup. <laughs>
1: in the, the only thing they told me to avoid was milk. They said, like, milk.
3: <laughs> and I was like, not a problem. That doesn't have anything to do with the Invisalign. What? That's
0: just
1: for you in general. Yeah. Stop. Stop. Milk. In general, with Invisalign, when you have it in, you're only supposed to drink water. No, he told me soda, uh, no. juices, water.
0: No. I'm telling you what the orthodontist told That's me. That's not true at all, I'm telling you.
3: That is 100% false.
1: <laughs> I'm going to go with Dr. Desai.
3: <laughs> and you're
1: only supposed to drink water. You have to be very careful. Show uh, like, showing right coffee, now. You're supposed to take the invisalign out, wait 10 minutes, <laughs> then brush your teeth. You're not to, so... All right. Did you, when did you start? When did you start? Is this your first tray? Three weeks ago. This is your second <laughs> tray? Third tray. Third tray? Every seven days. Seven days? Mm-hmm. Wow. wow. You're going to have For the straightest,
3: brownest yeah. teeth. <laughs> It's fine. They're fine. He told me it was okay. He told me. I asked him about coffee. I was like, mostly I drink coffee. He's like, coffee's great.
2: <laughs>
0: was that him saying coffee's fine to drink, or he also enjoys? No, coffee? He, said, coffee's great. he
3: said. He said. I think he might have said uh, orange juice. Maybe to stay away from him too. But he said like. He said milk is the real one. And, and, uh, and it was don't just, mix them to real do. And I was like, I was like, I drink a lot of diet coke and a lot of coffee. And he goes, you're fine. Drink those. What?
1: Are you yeah. eating with the monk? No, that'd be impossible. Oh, now I'm- now (laughs) I'm- How would I be with them? Gus, you fool.
2: (laughs) Alright, no, no, I
1: mean, more power to Dr. Nick, or whoever you're saying. (laughs) (laughs) Whoever's doing your your life. Oh, man. I, um, I've been re-watching- You know, we used to live together for a little while, and we used to watch uh, a lot of TV. We watched, uh, you know, like, Survivor, The Mole, uh, The Simpsons. Uh, making the Band. Making the Band. Oh my god. <laughs> like way back in the day, and I've been doing the Simpsons rewatch uh, here recently. And I've been rewatching it from the beginning. I'm on season seven right now. How hard was it to get through seasons one and two? It's fine. It's not the best, but knowing that there's better episodes coming out, it's, it's, it's fine. Uh, I rewatched an episode recently, and I tweeted about it. It was a very niche tweet that was intended for me. Uh, where I've, I've been watching it with the subtitles on. And when watching with the subtitles on, there's one scene where the subtitles don't match what's being said in the episode because the episode as it aired originally was different. They've changed it in syndication. Then, uh, now that it's available on streaming, they changed it back to the original version. So the audio in the episode is the original version, but the subtitles are the edited, changed version. Uh, It's just like one scene in season six or something uh, where it's like the subtitles don't match what's being said because they were the other version. What is it? Remember the episode where uh, Bart, Lisa, and Maggie get taken away from Homer and Marge and they have to live in foster care with the Flanders? Mm-hmm. Early in that episode, they, the Bart and Lisa get lice. And the way they get lice is because Bart's hanging out with Milhouse, and Milhouse found a monkey in a basket yeah. that his parents <laughs> built.
2: Oh, right.
1: And the, the way the episode aired originally was Milhouse says, we found this monkey in a basket my parents bought at Pier 1. Pier 1 didn't like that.
2: <laughs>
1: so in syndication the line got changed to we found this monkey in a basket my parents bought at Trader Pete's. But Pier 1 doesn't exist anymore. Yep. So, so now they can go back to that, that. Now the streaming version says Pier 1, but the subtitles still say Trader
2: Pete's. <laughs>
0: yeah, but so
1: take it to Pier 1. <laughs> I was like, I, I I tweeted a screenshot of that and I was like this is for me. <laughs> like, I know there's like five people in the world who might appreciate this small gap in like 36 seasons of The Simpsons. I love that somebody had to make that
3: conscious decision to put the original audio back in. Yeah. You know, like somebody remembered and was like, I'm finally fixing that wrong.
1: <laughs> Kirstie Alley be damned. She did the one commercial, right? Was it Kirstie yeah. Alley? Yeah, Yeah.
3: Man, Pier 1 was the shit if you were a mom in the 80s. Oh, yeah. yeah, That was where you get all the best wicker. I remember that.
0: These <laughs> old so, papasan chairs that I had to put in so many cars when I worked at a Pier 1 import. Did you know?
3: I've, that's a great point. Mm-hmm. So, uh, And this ties in perfectly to Anma. So Anma uh, is uh, is a podcast. You guys remember what podcast <laughs> uh, We're going to take a break uh, every eight episodes. Mm-hmm. We're in one right now. We're in one right now. Uh, Eric and I... Don't like that. Gus does like that. Huh. I do so too many podcasts. We're accommodating Gus. You
0: do too many podcasts? <laughs> How many
3: do you do? I'm on most! <laughs> <laughs> He's on almost all of them. Uh, and uh, so, when we were in LA last week for VidCon... We uh, were in I'm... That's important to me. <laughs> we were in a neighborhood of LA called Anaheim. Uh, we'll flew into LAX. Drove. Why didn't you fly into John
0: Thank you! Yeah. Thank you! These <laughs> fucking yeah, Can I
3: fucking tell you why I didn't fly into John Wayne? I'll tell you why I didn't fly into John Wayne. Because Sophie, uh, yep. who was lovely and was awesome at her job, uh, Sophie booked me a ticket to LAX. What? And then uh, I said, Hey, how am I going to get from LAX to Anaheim? And she goes, "Uh, You can just ride with everybody else. And I said, Oh, are we all on the same plane? And she goes, Actually, no, I think we're all flying into John Wayne. And, uh, <laughs> I there, And I'm like, but you booked me to LAX. Why didn't you book me where you booked everybody like else? an hour to an hour and a
1: half Uber ride. Yeah, down. and it's she, was so like, far.
3: she was like, I don't know, I guess because I don't like you. If you fly to John yeah. Wayne, it's like, you're right there already. Yes, yeah. you are, in theory. Uh, anyway, so while we were there... I'm uh, uh, that airport. Which, yeah, John Wayne's a piece of shit. Yeah, honestly. absolutely. Uh, so while we were there... Uh, I got to watch Eric experience VidCon for the first time, which I thought was phenomenal. Uh, he was <sighs> horrified, but Eric and I filmed a supplemental episode. Yeah, just, just Eric and I. It
0: just came out today. If you're a first member. So oh, did it really? Yeah, it's yeah. out today. I don't right. even know if you knew that. Right. No, I didn't. Yeah. And yeah.
3: into it, it's a deep dive into the history of Eric Bedur. Oh. And I found out that he used to work at Pure One Imports. Yeah,
0: yeah. So that was my first job when I moved to when I lived in Anaheim. I got a job at. You mean at LA? No, 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 <laughs> Orange County, very different. Uh, North <laughs> Orange County, very different. Uh, it, I used to work at a Pier One, and it was my job was uh, I was like one of the only guys that worked there, so I just carried me. I carried everything, every fucking thing out and loaded into like cars and trucks, and it was like I was not equipped for that job <laughs> at all. But man, that was. That was a job where I tried so little and just sat in the back and listened to baseball games on the radio.
2: It was
0: great.
1: So, like, someone needed to lift a chair. And yeah, you're yeah and then they call me on the radio and I go, great. I you. like to think you're like in the bullpen. Yeah, absolutely. And like, so I the just, manager goes I, out and is like, trying,
0: and Eric jogs like,
1: out. You're well,
0: that was good. That supplemental episode was like a lot of fun. We're actually going to, me and Gus are going to get together right after this in the green room like we talked about and record something.
1: I, I legitimately thought you were pointing at someone else. <laughs> Why
3: that?
0: Another
1: supplemental episode? Yeah, well, we have to because that's something cool. has to come out next week. <laughs> Let's run just take, a, take another week break and then release it. No, you guys—that's what right. we do with Black Box So we don't stress. have to
0: record anything. I'm not the one who makes
3: the schedule. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, listen. I you guys, you and I went all the way
1: to California. Yeah, you, I know. No, we can do without L.A. To record, just to record that. I, got it. I want to give a shout out to Dennis. Uh, by the way, Dennis does our our audio editing for uh, is also the, uh, writer and
0: producer uh, for Black Box Down as well. Yeah. So. so Dennis does a lot. Dennis is very very good at what he
3: does, but also he didn't know this was not being recorded. So <laughs> sorry, man. Anyway, if you want to learn a lot about the history of Eric Bedore and uh, how much he likes to get revenge on neighbors, <laughs> listen to this episode, special episode of Anma.
0: It's a good one, it was fun. VidCon's uh, fucked, dude. That place is nuts. That was so crazy. Is that the Anaheim Convention Center? Yeah. yeah, 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 which is not in L.A. Uh, it, so, it used to be YouTube's thing, and uh, Your Teeth would always have a present, certain people would go, and it'd be whatever. It's a TikTok thing now. Oh, okay. And, boy, is it obvious. Man, it was never that. Is there lots old. of dancing? Dude, it is so, you've never seen, and I'm sorry, this is going to be mean, but, like, you've never seen, like, crazier haircuts and worse, like, lip filler. It's so, <laughs> it's just, like, such a bummer getting into that hotel. Yeah. Dude, you had to have two wristbands and a badge to get into a hotel because it was, like, the Talent Hotel. Not where I stayed.
2: Uh, <laughs> and
0: it was, I mean, wall-to-wall people filming, like, themselves. It was wi- wild.
3: It was just, imagine a hotel that's just one step and repeat after another. Yes. with just weird shit to take a picture in front yeah. of. Uh, yeah, they, book, they booked me in the Talent Hotel, yes. I guess, because I did a panel. Uh, and it took me 40 minutes to check in because I couldn't get into the hotel without a, wristband but i couldn't but they only gave the wristbands out in the hotel (laughs) and i had to argue with security about like the lunacy of that and uh and he it was it was very boogie nights it was very i the magic is on the tapes i can't can't get you the money until you give me the tapes so that i can sell the tapes to make the money you know it's like i can't get you the badge until you let me inside to get the badge and then i can have the badge so i can go inside and like having to argue with the guy for 40 minutes uh, and then inside, it was uh, it was me and I don't know, like five thousand TikTokers who were all fourteen to seventeen. Man, like VidCon was always young. Like it's always like it brings like before
0: it brought like YouTube people. Yeah, and they're pretty established, you know, going and, and all this stuff. VidCon now is deaf. It's just like a lot younger. It is a lot more like have-to-have-your-legal-parent-or-guardian-with-you-at-all-times kind of, like, age. Everyone's, like, 16. Not like, oh, you're, like, 11. No, like, everyone was, like, 16. It was really crazy. It was really crazy. And in that giant convention center.
1: Yeah, that was insane. Never, I've still never been to VidCon. Yeah, I mean,
0: don't worry
1: about it. Okay. <laughs> There's nothing for you there. Okay, no. I, I, I did feel a
3: little, a uh, little jealous, but I guess not. I'm lucky enough. well, and it's also, it's like, VidCon is two different conventions of one, right? There's, like, the... And I guess like the influencer side where you go to see your favorite like YouTube musician or right. whatever or t- I guess TikToker now. Uh, when I went the last time in like 2017, it was just kids watching dudes with acoustic guitars put yep. on impromptu shows in the park. Uh, but I guess now it's dancing with TikTok. Um, but then there's like an industry side. So I was on the industry side. And so uh, it was just like... With it, the old people. There with the old people talking about 25 like... 25 years old. The <laughs> efficacy of video pro- video <laughs> podcasting, you know, it <laughs> was like,
1: totally different though. I've only, I've only been there to work an event at the Anaheim Convention Center once, and I think it was Anime Expo in 06, I think I went there. And the only I don't remember anything about that event, except for one day, you know, those are long days when you're working uh, an event. One day at the end of the event, everything had closed down. I was leaving, and I was walking down the street from the convention center back to my hotel, which was like a little down the street. And I was stopped at an intersection, waiting to cross, because it was a, it was a don't do not walk for me and as i'm standing there waiting this ford mustang comes speeding down the street slows down in front of me something flies out of the window and then it speeds off and i look around and i'm like oh they were throwing eggs at me like, <laughs> what? Yeah, they, just like
3: but, they, but i survived high school
1: <laughs> they missed every single one of them missed there were like four or five broken eggs on the sidewalk all around me i was like well that would have sucked I'm glad, I'm glad i'm glad
3: they missed dude do you know what that reminds me of When we were at that, take this back a little bit, when we were working at that post house in uh, California that we were just, the drug one, uh, that we were discussing, I don't know if you remember, but there was a little restaurant that we would walk to for breakfast, and they would make uh, croque masseurs. Remember, we would eat those a lot. They were Mm -hmm. really good there. And on the way one day, you saw a guy get hit by a car and die. What <laughs> the? What? Um, that
0: story, the way you just
3: told that, was insane, man.
0: <laughs> <laughs> There's, oh, delicious breakfast. to are his
1: memory. that's what I remember about it. <laughs> there are, on that street, I've seen two different people get hit by cars and die on that street. What the? <laughs> Within like, not in the same spot, within like four or five blocks of each other. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, a <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know what it is about that street, but I remember this not that time. Cause some like other people went out to try to help. him and called 911, but the second time I saw that happen, I called 911, and I was like, "Hey, um, I'm out here at this intersection. Uh, in you know, someone just got hit by a car. They're like, "Where are you? Like, I'm at the intersection of you know whatever and whatever. I, I know I know where I am. Like, where is that? Like, I'm the intersection of this and that in in this city of LA. You know, this like particular neighborhood." like can you be more specific where are you like i told you the exact intersection where i am how do you you not know where i'm calling from in the end it didn't matter the person was dead anyway
3: <laughs> i've never had a sword until we had- I, can't- I, can't. I remember getting excited about eating those and i remember we would come back i'd be
1: like oh i can go to that crockmasore place like another trip to l.a sometimes when we would do these uh commercials you know we did them for many years um we would uh sometimes it would go really smooth like we talked about some of the battles here like where it was like i split six weeks you know replacing tony parker in a commercial or whatever yeah. but sometimes they went really well and i remember one time you and i had to work on a commercial for an arena football game which i didn't know they made oh. arena football games and we went up there and we banged it out in one day we did that in portland actually yeah we flew out to portland we landed like the first flight of the morning we filmed it for like four hours, and they we are like, great, you got it. And then we got back on like the last flight out of Portland back to Austin that oh. evening. Yeah. Uh, we, yeah, we didn't even have to spend the night there. But I remember sometimes on those trips, you know. <laughs> I <you've laughs> ate Indian food for the first time at that place. That's right. Yeah, I fell in love with it. Yeah, they, they would cater food in, and you could eat there. It was, it was excellent food too. Um, I remember sometimes we'd be going up on those trips and on the plane on the way there. If it was like me and Jeff, we'd sit down, you know, we were sitting next to each other on the plane and we'd be like, Who's gonna be good cop and who's gonna be bad cop on this trip? Because <laughs> <laughs> inevitably, it's like you get there and they'll ask you to do something, and one of your its one person's job to say no. That's impossible. Yeah, we can't do it. What you want, we cannot do. It's impossible. And it's the other person's job to be like, well, maybe we can make it work. Like maybe if we, if we, you know, we can massage it and uh, and try to get something close to what you're talking about. it's Scotty from Star Trek. At, yeah.
0: Who was typically the bad cop?
1: We would trade, because it yeah. was fun. Yeah, Yeah. no, I figured, it, when it's two bad
3: cops, I figure you would both be like it, too. I, I fucking hated a lot of those people too, so it was pretty easy to be bad cop. Yeah.
1: But some of them were cool, like there was, some were great, cool. there was one guy we worked with, well like one of the first, it was always a different producer, different people we worked with, and I remember we were up in, we were up in Portland um, filming this one commercial, and we had a little bit of downtime, and I made a joke about uh, Freedom Rock. I was like, turn it up, it's Freedom yeah. Rock and uh, the producer we were working with at agency was like, oh, you remember that commercial? He's like, that was my first job in the ad in, in the ad business, was I'm, I produced the Freedom Rock commercial uh, way back when?" I was like, yeah, man. I was like, of course, that's like an iconic commercial. How can you, how can you, how would you not know that? Do you also remember that uh, one of those trips up to Portland, they tried to hire
3: Jason from us, <laughs> in front of us, and yeah. <laughs> I remember being like, first off, Fuck you. But secondly, like, what's wrong with Gus and I? Yeah. Like, listen, Jason, Jason's good, but we're like, we're fucking
1: killing it here. Yeah. Why would you?
0: Why do you want to hire him? And hire me. I also, I
1: don't want to work here, but
0: yeah. that's just, you know, it's an honor
1: to be asked. Also, they had a rule whenever we would go to Portland. Like, if we went to Portland, that meant we were working at the White Kennedy office, like their headquarters, and like it was, this is one of the oh, biggest yeah. ad agencies in the world. And like Jeff mentioned, they had Nike, Coke, like big, Starbucks. big, huge brands, right? Yeah. And uh, we would go with well, the first couple times we went up there, was no big deal. But then, like, the third or fourth time we had to get pulled aside. And, uh, like, one of the people who worked there was like, Listen, this isn't a requirement, but it's very strongly recommended that if you're going to be spending time in this building, you need to wear Nikes. Yeah. And then they were like, but Gus and I were both like, Well, we don't have like, I don't, Nikes. Yeah,
3: I don't have and they're like, That's fine, uh, but just stay off the third floor.
1: I remember. It, yeah, and we just didn't go to that. Floor. It was like there, there are places you cannot go unless like you have Nike. Like I bought a pair of Nikes specifically for any time I had to go to Portland, I would have to take my Nikes. Uh, like those were my commercial making in Portland shoes. <laughs> <laughs> so I
2: know,
1: those might be the most specific shoes you can have. And then one time we used to have like a corporate uh, condo, like a corporate apartment there, like across the street from White Kennedy, It was like on top of a Whole Foods. And I remember one time, this is back, 05 maybe. I got gotten there, I don't remember what commercial we were working on, but i gotten into the condo and it's like it's kinda like Airbnb before Airbnb existed. Mm, yeah. And you know, I, I get there and I've got a key for it and you know, I take the elevator up and walk into the condo. I think it was me and Jason actually. I walk into the condo and uh, there was a bottle of kombucha on the on the counter in the kitchen. And I I would heard of kombucha, but I'd never tried it at this point, I didn't know what it was. Seventeen years ago, keep it quick. and I was like, Oh, this must be that kombucha thing everyone's talking about. I was like, I've never tried this, maybe I should I should give this a try. I was like, oh this kombucha's really thick. And I like I opened up the cap and I smelled it and I was like, oh kombucha smells bad. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like I was like, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna drink that and I put the cap back on and like put it back on the kitchen counter and I, I went into my bedroom and I was like unpacking my stuff and my phone rang. Uh, my cell phone and I answered it and it was like the corporate apartment people. And they're like, hey, uh, just FYI, uh, we had a handyman in your unit earlier, and he left a bottle of paint, uh, on your kitchen counter. Uh, and <laughs> they were like, he's gonna be back up later tonight to pick it up. <laughs> and I guess he had just put his white paint for touch-ups on the cabinet in a bottle of kombucha, and then put the cap back on. And I had sniffed at like, maybe this is something I'll <laughs> drink. So you were seconds left from drinking paint? <laughs> Paint, and I was like, "Oh, this is that new drink everyone's talking about. really good." We would have had like a real different uh, us after that. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Christ. Like, this
2: sucks. <laughs> um,
0: we're getting down to the last couple of minutes. Uh so like as we wrap up. Uh thank you guys for coming. I appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, um, Do you have any uh, guesses for the name for Anma?
1: And and again, before we go through guesses, if you say the name, I Uh have to acknowledge.
0: Yes, that's correct. If we say the name. So don't shout it out. I'm not asking you if you have the name. You can tweet at us. maybe it's. I'm not acknowledging them. No, I'm just letting you know. Don't yell it. because one person can go, I've got a guess. I don't want to know your guess. Save it. Save the guess. I want Jeff to guess.
3: Okay. 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 Uh, a nominal micro action oh, oh! No. That's all we
0: got. Uh, okay. Hang on. Um... I'm going to stay in the trend of merchandise that we have. Um... Anal? <laughs> Masters? Always?
2: <laughs>
3: no. <laughs> How about, uh... How about agricultural norms uh, mean all? No
0: <laughs> I don't have any more guesses right now we got. That's are
1: we close? Was I close? No no. Uh, there's only one person online somewhere on a podcast platform who got close.
2: <sighs> wow. Uh,
3: I will say uh, something to look forward to when we start season two. Gus and I talked about it a little bit today and I should mention this to you as well. Uh, I was at the industry party last night yeah. and Brian Garr was telling me, did anybody go to the comedy show for Ooh, night? It. Brian Garr told a story about how his uncle bowled a 300 on 9-11, <laughs> <laughs> which is the funniest story I've ever heard in my entire life. And how his uncle, like, it's 9-11 but his uncle was still holding on to that. Was like, it wasn't all bad, I bowled a 300. Uh,
1: but I can't believe that. 9 11 happened, and then his uncle it was like, I'm molding. gonna go bowling. Well, that was the big thing too. He's like, <laughs> we can't. Let him you win. knew it was like,
3: but that happened at like nine in the morning. You knew <laughs> that evening. You still like were able to hold it together to bowl. Uh, but anyway, and so I asked him without talking to you guys. I asked him if he'd be on ANMA. Oh yeah. And uh, he was like all about it. So I think uh, just as a teaser, I think season two got, we want to start adding I, guests. I in a having.
0: Lot. So I think it's it, It'll be easy to kind of get Guests Incorporated. Oh, I just don't think it'll be like every episode, right? No, I think no, it'll just no, be no, like no, a sometimes no. thing. And I think that's a lot of fun. I think having people that you
1: guys have talked about and, and people
0: that have been around for a long time and like know Austin and all that stuff, I think that would be a really fun fit. Brian well, Breitgaard's
1: interesting because we've only, you know, oh God, I guess we met him like six or seven years ago now, but he's been in Austin a long time and we've been in similar circles yeah. before. Like even yeah. though we didn't know each other, uh, we've never met, but we have a lot of shared experience. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and I think we'll also definitely have... I, I asked him as well,
3: but Jason Saldana. I got yeah. well, breakfast I, that, with him the other day.
0: Yeah, that, that seemed like that was going to happen. That yeah,
3: was of he's post. all about it. Okay. I mean, I, so.
0: so I think having some guests, if you guys aren't familiar with Brian Gar, he'll be on the podcast that airs tomorrow. Um, so he, we did it yesterday, and it was awesome. He talked about... <laughs> he talked about watching lesbian porn and I was passing out because he's like, "Well, this is... There's a lot going on
2: here. <laughs> we got overwhelmed.
0: It is pretty exciting. Made, so, uh, got to stare
1: at the VCR. yeah, he
0: also produces uh, Ship Hits the Fan, which is another yeah. podcast you should check out if you haven't yet. It's a great show. So, um, but I, I think that'll do it. Any wise parting words as we end this uh, panel as we get towards the end of RTX 2022? Yeah,
1: absolutely. Uh, Gus was going to do that. Yeah, uh, well obviously I want to say thank you to everyone for coming out, for uh, traveling. Obviously there's very few Austin people here, so thank you for coming forward wherever you came from. We really appreciate it. Uh, we wouldn't be able to do this uh, kind of thing if we didn't have your support. So thank you so much. Thank you guys so much for coming and we'll, uh, we'll see
0: you later. Love
2: you guys.